Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast, because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA Podcast, brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking ahead to the opening round of the Ulster Senior Football Championship for 2022. Cavan taking on Antrim in Corrigan Park. Later on, we'll hear from Cavan manager Mickey Graham, but I'm delighted to be joined by the sports editor of the Anglo Celt, Paul Fitzpatrick, to look ahead to this game. And over in the diehards, uh, Paul, you you picked up an interview for us with Cahar O'Kane. Um, for me, probably the most astute journalist in terms of watching a game of football that there is out there um, and a really good interview with him. He's he's given Antrim a good chance here at the weekend. How do you feel about it? It's interesting. Um, I agree with you. Cahar's exceptionally good judge. People mightn't realise, um, people maybe who don't read the Irish news mightn't realise what a good judge of games he is, but he, he makes some brilliant predictions. I remember last year he predicted Kilku would beat... Um, Glenn from Derry in extra time, which is exactly what happened. I remember him saying that I think it was Derry Gonley plus four in the Ulster Club against the Tyrone champions was the bet of the year. And Derry Gonley actually won the game. So he, he's a very, very good judge. And he, I know that he loves that end of it. He watched the game several times. Like he he analyzed it like a manager. Anyway, he didn't actually come out and call Antrim to win the game, if you listen. I think that might have been because he was on the Calvin podcast, but he was very close to it. And he kind of called Antrim but he kind of backed away and didn't say definitively who he thought was going to win the Cavan game. So I took that to be, I think I, think about, I should have pressed him on it, but I took that to be that um, that he was nearly leaning towards Antrim there. And he said a month ago, he definitely would have tipped Antrim. So yeah. uh, it's interesting. It, I, I have to say, firstly on Cahar, like I, I love reading his stuff because like that he does, he, he, he has the, forensic mind of a manager he'll pick up where the game like in the podcast he talks about where the game was won and lost between our man Donegal and Kingspan Breffney last year the year before and he nailed it like he's 100% right it was that middle toward Donegal just dominated them and, and wouldn't let Armagh build up any sort of head of steam to get at them so it was uh, it, it, he's very very astute where he's talking about Antrim here and, and they're physically very strong um, you know the the likes of um oh I should know him because he was Navena. Um Navena's oh, East, Eastwood, yeah. Eastwood, Eastwood, how how I like, I seen him firsthand with, with Mullahorn, a quality, quality player. Um but now he's got physically strong on top of that. You're you're looking at a different outfit than Antrim usually are. And I I'm. I. I haven't seen the bookies actually on this. Have you seen it? What? What were they pricing the game? The last time I saw it, I think uh, Cavan were forty nine, Antrim were ninety four. Um, which is hmm. reason you're talking about an Antrim team who have very rarely won games in the Ulster Championship in decades, really and truly. Like the odd year they might win a game, but it's been rare. I think I should have this stat, but I think looking at it before they had won something like six games in forty years. Um, now. Hmm. You're talking about a Cavan team who rose to champions 18 months ago. 
I know we're going to Corrigan Park, but you, you'd have to imagine that Cavan, both teams are going to be in Division 3 next year. Uh, so you, I would have imagined that Cavan would have been stronger favourites, um, but, but they're not. How well, obviously, well, we've discussed this on the podcast numerous times, but it's the weight of the league in terms of your prediction for championship. And if you take the weight of the league, then that's why Cavan are you know closer to an Antrim than than and than, than traditionally. But if you take the championship under Mickey Graham, and we forget this, he's only lost two games in Ulster Championship. In as Cavan manager, like, yeah. and he's going into his fourth season, so he knows how to win games in championship, and that's I don't think that can be underestimated either. That's true, yeah, absolutely. I think for years we were sort of making headway in the league and, and found it harder to win games in the championship. Now we're going to completely the opposite, we're, we're we get it hard to, to win games in the league, but we're we can win games now in the championship. I know which one I would prefer. I always think the league is only there. Uh, you want to get up the league divisions because the stats do show that teams in the top division or, or in the second division tend to win the vast majority of inter-county trophies. So uh, there's no denying that. But mm. what, what me and you clashed about before was I was saying that, that form in that given year, league form, uh, tends to be overrated. And I saw it last year with Tyrone. Look at the, the state of Tyrone when they went down and played Kerry and conceded five goals in the first half. and They were absolute shambles. They ended up all Ireland champions. Um, so I, I think form in that given year but absolute shambles last year I think is wrong because you're waiting that on one particular performance against Kerry whereas they stayed in Division 1 That that's not an absolute shambles well that's fair yeah fair enough they did stay in Division 1 but uh, they, they weren't tearing up any trees in Division 1 at the same time but the, I do I do feel as like this game is getting closer I'm getting more confident about Cavan's chances I know that's always <laughs> always always happens but I, I, I could have just recorded that from last year. And just <laughs> I really am though, because first of all, if we if we examine Antrim, no, I haven't seen Antrim playing, uh, so I have to I have to first of all say that. But I've talked to a lot of people who've covered Antrim games and looking at their results, like first of all, first of all, this year's Division Three was not a vintage Division Three, and that happens every now and then. Division Four wasn't a vintage either. There's no such thing as a vintage Division Four, in fairness, but. Division three was not particularly strong. Like you had a lot of teams there that just are not up to a whole pile. Like Longford under new management with a very young t- team and trying to build. Like they were in there, they won two games in it. Uh, Lowes and Limerick who are not long out of Division uh, Four. Both of them, they yeah. they contested the final, and you know a lot of people felt that the Division Four final was a better standard of football than the Division Three final. I always find it very hard to judge that. From game to game, but uh, you had Fermanagh in there as well, who only won two games in the division. Fermanagh, you know, they're not, they're no world beaters. Like, their division three is where they should be. I Again, don't think they kind of like Longford, young team, new management in transition. Um, Fermanagh, and, and we've seen their potential in them in the first half against Tyrone last weekend. But you're right, like, it's, it, it, it's, it's by no means the sort of Pete McGrath. Um, or Maliki Clerk or Maliki O'Rourke for Mana Vintage. No, it's not. And uh, talking to to a friend of mine in, in Loud, like, and he'd be a very very good judge. And he felt the Loud weren't even that great. He said they they lost the first game uh, to Leash, were well beaten, letting three goals that day at home, 
and it, it looked like this is going to be a long season. And Mickey Hart and Gavin Devlin ripped up the, the team sheet after that. They brought in this former midfielder to put him in goals, and he was excellent. Um, because they led in those three, and they had they had a different goalie in that day. And then Sam Mulroy was just—he's an outstanding free taker. He's one of the best free takers in the country. From huge, he's got a huge range. So the whole entire game plan was built around uh, the sweeper keeper, and then running at teams and trying to win frees. And Mulroy will—he said you could see it in the opposition. They'd foul sixty meters out and not be too concerned, and Mulroy would invariably score it. Like he's game changer there as a free taker. This fella, so. Uh, that took them all the way to the title. And like, they they only won five games. Limerick only won five games. So nobody was able to assert themselves in that Division 3. And the big stat, Damien, like, all we've been hearing about Antrim is uh, how Enda McGinley has them on the rise and so on. And I know there he has. And I'd say he would be an excellent manager. Um, but they won three games in that division. And like, you can't get away from that. Like, we're all kind of down on Cavan. Um, Cavan won seven games in Division 4. Surely, the, like there's two teams in that division who are going to be in Division Four next year. Leash and Wicklow. One of them beat beat uh, Antrim. beat Antrim, and Antrim beat the other. So, like, you've two Division Four teams essentially in that division this year. You Cavan and Tipper gone up. Tipper a Division Three team now. We beat them once. They beat us once. So, I, I don't think winning three games in a week Division Three is any type of form to be to be. Uh, getting excited about from an answer point of view. That's the first thing yeah. I'd have to say. If I was if I was in neutral looking at it, I'd be completely in agreement with you. I'd be saying, yeah, listen, let's be fair about it. Like that's the way it is. But I'm not. And therefore I'm kind of thinking, is there that maybe Cavan bias coming in that we're saying, ah yeah, sure, Division Three was weaker than than, than normal and it's our end, you know, so we we'd beat all the teams in Division Three if we're on our good days. You know, and, and I would like to think we would, but it's still a division higher. And for a team that stayed mid-table in a higher division to be going in as underdogs against a team who finished top of the table in the division below, there's it. I think that the bookies are weighing in championship form here, and Cavan have much better championship form. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now the other thing, I think Cavan should be shorter myself, but the the other fact that is probably playing into it is, and maybe the bookies don't always account for this, but I certainly account for it, is our record against Antrim. It's, it's terrible. I I should have checked this with someone in Antrim, but I would say that they have a better record against Cavan than any other team in the province. Genuinely, you think that. Possibly Fermanagh. They did beat Fermanagh in the league this year, but they have, a, they have an outstanding record against Cavan. Like they had beaten us five times out of six before we played them in 2020. And like I mentioned this when I was when Cara was on as well. Like This is going back through the decades. Like 1981, 1982, they beat us in the first round both years. In 82, when they beat us, the Cavan fans booed the, the Cavan team off the field. They beat us in the senior and minor that day. Did it, it wasn't a thing that that was a great Antrim team. They lost the next round by 14 points and didn't, <laughs> didn't win a match for 20 years. But they were still good enough to come down to Breffney and beat us. When they finally won a match 20 years later, three years after that, they knocked us out of the Ulster Championship in the first round again. Played them in 2005, it goes to a replay. And, and we had our hands full to beat them up in Belfast. Um, we beat them in 2008 then they, then they beat us well in the Ulster semi-final in 2009 now I don't think we're picking out any other team in the province and we're not just talking about Tyrone and Derry and, and uh, Donegal and Darren who are brilliant over that period of time I'm talking about even the lesser teams there like even your likes of Fermanagh uh, who didn't win any Ulster titles in that period I don't think Antrim would be able to have a roll call of wins over them like that like 
2013, we go up to we go up there in the first round. They beat us in the first round of the league. We end up in an All Ireland quarter final that year. Mm-hmm. And beat us in the first round. There was another year under McLean. We went up to beat us uh, in the first round of the McKenna Cup. Do you remember Calvin missed the free late on that right. game to get a draw? There's been many times they beat us under Val Andrews in the last round of the league, which was the closest thing to a championship match because we had to win it to stay up. Now we ended up staying up due to the result elsewhere. So Antrim have no fear of Cavan. Absolutely no fear of Cavan and haven't had for a long time. Even when Antrim were terrible, they always seem to be able to pull out a result against Cavan. I know we beat them in uh, in the 90s, maybe once we beat them in 95. But in general, um, we, have a, we have a very poor record against Antrim. It's... I, again, though, is it this group of players that have a poor record? You know, I think that that, that should weigh enough on these players that they don't take it for granted, but they know they're capable of winning this game. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I think that that it's not this particular group of players, but like the, we did have our hands full against them that time. Uh, it was the worst performance out of five in 2020, I think. I think everyone would agree. Now I know that there was there was dreadful parts of it of the of the Monaghan and Down games in particular. There was full halves of football who were were brutal. But over the course of that whole game against Antrim, like we never really played well. It just and Giroud, still won it. Still won it. But Giroud came up with a couple of big scores. Kieran Brady had a great performance that day, and uh, Ray McGallagher made a great save. But there was very little in it. And Antrim are a better team, I think, than twenty twenty. I think they were fitter and. I think they're organised, better set up, I'd imagine, yeah. than 2020. But it all comes back to this, David, coming into this championship. I think anything less than the Ulster final um, appearance for Cavan is a big disappointment this year. Would you agree with that? No. No, personally, I wouldn't. I I, I think, right, anything less than a semi final is a disappointment. I, I think anything less than a semi final is catastrophic. It is. It's a disaster. It is. I'm not saying it's the worst ever, but it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> it's yeah. Look, it, it is, is David. And I, 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 Antrim is a disaster. Yeah, it I, is. It's, I it's agree. a complete disaster because you can get away with losing these games. Well, not say get away with it, but you can forgive losing these games um, if your if your team is just building up. Would say if you're if you're new management and you're you're bottomed out and you know. You're just trying to be competitive. Managers come in when things are going bad and they say, oh, we're going to make this team competitive. If you're just trying to do that, uh, you might say, all right, look, it was a bit of an improvement. If, let's say we got hammered off the field by by some team, but like Antwerp Manor or Down or someone last year. You say, well, look, it's a, it's an improvement. We're going up here. We've got young lads. We're, we're building. We've lost a lot of players. None of these things are, are applicable to Cavan. That's why I think not getting to the final is going to be uh, not, not getting to the final is going to be a big disappointment if we don't get to the final because I was thinking about it earlier on if you were to if you're, we, we, we now need the whole cabin to a standard which you'd expect of a team who is at, at the absolute peak of their developmental cycle we, there's, we can't be sitting there going yeah well look if we, if we beat our, if we beat Antrim and we give Donegal or our man a good game like, no, that's not disappointing but where are we what are we at if, if that's not disappointing at this what? state we're at this stage, four, though. And again, you see that. The, uh, well, are you, are you, if you want to hold Cavan to the standard of a Division Four team, fine. But I, I think I'm going to hold Cavan to the standard of a team who was also champions eighteen months ago and in the final of it the year before. Here's yeah. here's a list of factors I drew up earlier, right? If if you're describing a team who's at the peak of their development, which Cavan are now, yeah. what are, what are, are the sort of factors that come to mind for you? 
I don't mean to put you on the spot, but just off the top of your head. Sort of factors that come to mind in terms of their performance in game. No, well, in terms of the the um, characteristics of a team uh, who are at the peak of their side. If you look at a team and go, Jesus, yeah, that team, that team is now, they're in their prime now. Well, I think the first thing is age. Well, yeah, okay. I, th- I think age profile. If, if everyone on the team is 22, then clearly they're not in their prime. Yeah, no, so, they, they tick that box. Definitely. And if, if half the team are, are 33, they're not in the prime either because they're going, they're going past the prime. So Calvin ticked the box, age, right? Appearances, as in the experience they've built up over the years. I think, I honestly think we have never had a more experienced Calvin team going back about 70 odd years. We have, we have, we have about eight, we have about eight players on the panel who are either over or very close to the 100 cap mark at this stage. Um, you've another, you, that's, I'm not going to list them all. I, I, they're all in the Celtics week if you want to see it, but it's Killian Clark, Killian Brady, you've you Martin Riley on 156, you've got Naya Murray, Garoad McCarron's on 119, um, all those guys. Ray Galligan. Raymond. is up in the list. Conor Minus, Conor Minus on 67. Yeah. Kier, I'm even including Kieran Brady because he hasn't featured this year, but Kieran's on, on high 80s, I think. Uh, Park Faulkner, I think he's on 84. Yeah. So, you have a lot of fellas who are around the century and Either over it or under it. So I think and, of the- and that that feat is not easy done. That that's a difficult thing to do to go and put in that number of performances. And oh, very difficult. What what it what it does is you're right. It it banks experience and experience through good and bad times. Like it's different having experience that's all negative. These lads have had promotions. They've had an Ulster championship. They've now had a league you know win. So. They have a lot of good and bad experience. That's, bringing, that that's bringing me on to the next one, right? So <clears throat> we're saying the cabin ticked the box in terms of cumulative appearances. The average there is is excellent. They're, they're not they're yeah. no novices. It ties into the next point, which which is they've experienced of big matches and they've won big matches. So they've played a lot of the fellas have played in all four divisions. Most of them have now um, played in Ulster finals, won Ulster finals. Some of them, a good few of them, have played in two Ulster finals. Some of them have played in four national league finals. Mm. Um, you've got fellas there who have who have won McCrory Cup finals. So they've loads of experience of big matches. That's not even before we even mentioned twenty one Ulster yeah. finals. Yeah. And so minor. we have again we're going back decades here before we can find a Cavan team who have as much experience in big matches as the team we have at the moment. Absolute well, decades. Paul, you're 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 me. You're turning me. <laughs> Another thing is player retention. You could yeah. look at a team and go, ah, yeah, they, they, ha- they have to tick all those first few boxes. Their age profile is right. Their appearances, they've got the experience. Ah, but look, they've lost three of their best players. We haven't lost three of our best players. We have injuries, but every team has injuries. You just have to suck that up. Yeah. We, we, our player retention is, is exceptional at the minute. We've yeah. held on to all our good players. So we take that box as well. Continuity and management, I think, is another big factor. But, we, we've yeah. held on to our management. Okay, Darren McCabe stepped aside, but we've brought in Ryan McMenamin and Shawnee Johnson. Mickey Graham's still the captain of the ship. Marty Corey's still there. John Denny's still there. Yeah. Andre, Andre Quinn is still there. I think that's a big factor because you could take all those other boxes that I just mentioned and go, yeah, but it's a new manager. He's putting his own stamp on things. We don't have that. You could have all these things. Here's another factor. You could have all these things that I'm just talking about, but you could go, yeah, and they're really dedicated and they'll be there that long and they have played in big games, but they're not great players. We have three All-Stars. We have an international rules, uh, international. So that means he was in the top 25 players, whatever, in the country. We have proven quality on our team. 
You could yeah. have you could have all of that then again. This is my last one, right? Outside, outside of the four that you mentioned, three all stars and an international rules, you still have Grodin Kieran. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly like it. And we know the quality that the likes yeah. of other fellas are, the Jerry Smith fellas like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so but the final point in my in my list here, and I'm I'm bludgeoning you with this one, uh you could have all you could take all of those boxes and go, yeah, but they're they're just they're just gone a bit stale, they're just gone off a bit. You know, there's nobody coming through into it. So I think to be really at the peak of your developmental cycle, you must have fresh blood having come in and yeah. settled into the team and done well. We have that. Yeah. Like we, we have brought in players, particularly Paddy Lynch, who has shaken up that team. So I think we're talking, Cavan take all the boxes. So we are talking about a Cavan team who are full of quality and in their prime. So I think anything less, so if, you're, if your team is full of quality and in its prime, then you, why would you accept anything less, anything less whatsoever than at least making those to final? I think anything less, I'm not saying okay. that less is a disgrace, but anything less is a big disappointment for me. I, the the only the only question mark that comes on this is so you're you're saying f- that we should be at our very best, and 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 we are yeah. at the peak of a cycle that, without a shadow of a doubt. The question mark then becomes: Are we coming up against teams who are at the peak of their cycle, and is the peak of their cycle as strong as the peak of our cycle? That's that's your the external 100%. factors on the internal factors. You're right. You're a hundred well, right. Uh, I agree. I agree with your point, Damien. Not to cut you off, but that's that we would have to accept that if we come up against a, a team like Donegal or a man semi final and they beat us, and that they're at their peak of their cycle, they're better than us. And that's where I'm saying you'd have to be disappointed with that. You can't. That, that has yeah. to be disappointing because you'd be looking at it going, we've been building for years. We've an exceptionally talented group, full of medalists and everything else, and, and this group has lasted the course. So you're building towards something. Okay, they won Ulster. So the other, but the other thing, I, the factor that's lead, that uh, or this is leading me to is we won Ulster 18 months ago. We were on a hiding to nothing in, in Division 4. So, okay, right. Rewind the clock. We, we won Ulster 18 months ago. Last year was a, was a very bad season, but it, you could make excuses for it. It was, a, it was a shortened league. You didn't get a qualifiers. We played the All-Ireland Champions away in the first round. You could make excuses for it. You could just wipe out last year. Suddenly you find yourself in Division 4. And again, you're on a hiding to nothing in Division 4. Because when you win an Ulster Championship 18 months ago, expectation is immediately heightened. And nothing less than a commanding win in every match was going to satisfy supporters in, in Division 4. And that's not realistic. And we, we talked about the stats on that. Very, It's very, very rare that any team wins all their games, let alone wins them in commanding fashion. So. I think you were on a hiding to nothing there. So this championship is what's actually going to tell us everything about this team. Because, okay, we're saying like last year, shortened league, all our champions away in the first round. We had an injury crisis going into that game as well. Let's just forget about 2020 for, or 2021 for now. The league, Division 4, let's forget about Division 4. We're on a hiding to nothing. This championship is going to be what will tell us all about this team. And I think it, we know that they take all those boxes, which I talked about at laborious length there. So this championship is going to tell us if this team is at its peak or if this team peaked 18 months ago and it's in a steep decline ever since. I, I've, I've, I've got one question for you and I'm, I'm going to try and look it up as, as, as we talk here. But when's the last team, a divi- when's the last year a Division 4 team made us the final? <sighs> Has there been a Division I, I, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so since... Since the We've we had the, the four years. linear tier divi- divisions, I doubt it's happened. So, 
again, and when we talk about it, was it was it Derry or Westmead? Who won all seven games in division? Derry, yeah. Derry. How did they do in the Ulster Championship that year? <laughs> what year was that? That was uh that was twenty twenty, wasn't it? No, it wasn't no. twenty twenty, it was it maybe nineteen, was it? It was probably yeah, it was, must be twenty nineteen, yeah. It must be twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen did they make a semi-final? But I, I'm disregarding the division four thing because I, I don't think we'd have ended up in that division uh, in any other year other than a year where, where you had five league games, essentially. Like the Wicklow defeat was horrendous, but I still think we would have won enough games to, to avoid going there ordinarily. So I don't think, I know you, you can't say, you're in Division 4 and you can't say, well, we're too good for Division 4, but I do think that we didn't, it wasn't a level playing field when, when looking at stats compared to every other year. So, People say the table doesn't lie. Well, it does lie if you if you if you only get to complete two thirds of it, which essentially we did. We only you only played three games and then it wasn't it three games and then a playoff. So you only played four. So I do think it was a there was an element of a freak about us being in Division Four. So I'm willing to disregard that for the purposes of my argument. <laughs> Conveniently enough. Um, yeah, look, I, I I agree with all your points that I think that they're leading towards the the argument that this team is at their peak. And I think at their peak, they're capable of beating a Donegal or an Armagh or, or any team in this province. I genuinely do believe that. And I, I think the Paddy Lynch factor actually can't be understated. Like in his first full season, this was his debut this year. No, he, his debut was against Fermanagh in the league last year, but he didn't play in the championship. Right. So... This is his first full season. Yeah, it is his first full season. He still hasn't played championship, but he scored four twenty seven. Yeah. He scored four twenty seven in ten games. Like that's that's brilliant score. Let's yeah. and I had my question marks over whether he could do it. I, I I did at the start, and and when the Leitrim game came out, I thought, yes, this is brilliant. He's going to do it. There was a dip in form a little bit, but he came back stronger, and he and he persisted. And I think management deserve credit on that because. They persisted with him. They they they're seeing enough in training week in week out to know this guy's special. He's got he's got something special. And we heard Michael Hannon a few years back saying that he has something special. I I seen glimpses of it, but I didn't see it consistently enough throughout um, you know his club and maybe because I didn't see the club consistently enough. But to say that this boy is definitely going to make it, I I have to take my hat off and say he he is the real deal. I think he is the real deal. Now, does that mean he's going to go out and score four or five points from open play against Antrim? No, by no means. But if he tags in two, it's a good championship debut. You know, if you get two points on a championship debut and then a few frees on top of that, that's a damn good performance and we'll take it and we'll build on it. You know, yeah. so I think... Yeah, that- yeah, you make a great point there, Damien. Like he's, I didn't realise, you said 426 he scored. And like... Yeah, 427. 427. The impressive thing there is he, he didn't run up 210 against Waterford. Like oh, he came, he came okay. up with two or three. He was the the match winner in Crow Park. And that's, that's when it was that's when it was either. So that was the big thing. I have to say, uh I have always had great faith, faith yeah. in him. I've always, Paddy Lynch and Connor Schmidt were my two uh guys that I, I had great faith in. Now Paddy is getting there. Connor who's injured and, and you'll hear Mickey Graham saying that he's still on the injured list, unfortunately. But I, I have great faith in both of those lads. I think they're both absolutely uh got all the tools to make it at the county. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I think Connor Smith just luck is luck is absolutely, uh, it's 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 abandoned him from. But 
what he what he lacks in luck, he makes up in resilience, and and that's what I love about Connor Smith and and Paddy Lynch. Look, I think I think we're going to see for a twenty two year old. You know, we're going to see an awful big long career. Hopefully, that, hopefully that, that's the most important thing is that he stays and stays at it because he's he's got all the all the attributes needed to be the best forward in Cavan consistently over a decade. You know, mm-hmm. look at let's hear from the Cavan manager Mickey Graham. I caught up on him earlier in the week. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So delighted to be joined by Cavan Senior Football Manager Mickey Graham ahead of the opening round of the Ulster Championship for 2022. Um, a difficult task heading up to Corrigan Park. I suppose, Mickey, first and foremost, Antrim aren't what they once were. It, it's by no means a gimme and when they're almost getting promotion out of Division 3. And when you look back on their championship performance last year, I know the score line may have told a different story than the game, but against Armagh, Antrim are really there right till the last 10 minutes in the championship. So it's a different challenge than Antrim used to be. Yeah, look, at, as I said, they've probably been uh, competing at a higher level in Division 3. Very unlucky not to get promoted. Um, you know, they were right bang there going into the last game. So they'll be disappointed that they didn't probably get promotion from Division 3. But they've been consistently performing well these last two seasons. And, you know, they're on home ground in Corrigan Park. And, you know, that'll be a huge advantage to, to them. And, you know, going under displays, under display last year in the Championship, we're under no illusion how tough the task is going to be. Looking at Corrigan Park, I suppose there was that mini storm um, that that Cavan or that it was put out that Cavan wanted to change that. Um, you're, I, I suppose, from your point of view, was it ever going to be anywhere else? No, from our, from from my point of view and from the players' point of view, we were fully focused on going to Corrigan Park. You know, I think it was blown out of all proportion. Uh, the media just seemed to, you know, use a bit of propaganda and look that it looked like we were looking for change. But no, we can understand why Antrim would want to play in their home turf to have them play the home match there in a number of years. So I think um, it was just blown out of proportion more so by the media than anybody else. And we had never any issue going up there. And if anything, we're looking forward to it. Looking at it, it, it's going to be, I suppose, a very different sort of championship experience. While it won't be a large crowd, it'll be a very, very vocal crowd right on top of the pitch. I know the, the ground's in Corrigan Park there. So like the, the 3,000 odd people that will get there, it's going to be a, sort of an intimidating atmosphere. Yeah, look, but and these boys have been, you know, in, in situations like this before. It's not new, but, you know, it is a small ground and the crowd is in the top of it. But that can make it make it more interesting and it can make it more enjoyable too. And, you know, as I said, these lads now have played in front of crowds for a long time. So I don't think that'll have any, um, you know, any bearing on how they perform. It'll make it more interesting and exciting, hopefully, from a spectator point of view. Yeah, the few lucky ones to do get there. It'll be. Yeah. I'd, I'd say your phone will be busy this week with people looking for tickets. 
Yeah, look, I suppose that's that's the downside of it that you know there's only three thousand people at it. But look, at hopefully, as I said, um, everybody can that can get, get a ticket will come and get behind the team because I know Antrim will be pushing to get as many people to it as well to try and create a bit of an atmosphere. So it's important that as many people as possible who can get tickets travel. As you said, Antrim, you know, very very close to promotion in Division Three. What are the strengths in this Antrim team? Yeah, look, they're 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 a big physical team. Um, you know, you can see a lot of work has been put into them since End has taken over. Um, they've a lot of uh, big men around the middle in the middle of the field up front. They're a couple of lively attackers as well, and defensively they're very sound. So there's a great balance to them, you know. And you know, they they're like to go at teams and they like to press high up the field, and at the same time they know when they drop numbers back. So um. Yeah, look, I think that, you know, overall they're a well-balanced team and, you know, we just need to make sure that we bring our game uh, to to the match on on Sunday, Saturday because, um, you know, while we focus a wee bit on Antrim, the main thing is about getting a performance from ourselves. Speaking of yourselves, um, I suppose during the league, noticeable absentees, Martin Riley, um, Kieran Brady, the uh, Halla and, and Connor Brady. Connor made it back for the league final. Any word on, on the injuries of the other? Connor Smith, obviously, then early. Yeah, into- no, the injuries are starting to clear up now. Uh, Kieran is training away. Marty's training away. Obviously, Connor's back there as well. So, yeah, look at Connor Smith is still probably in the long term uh, casualty, but. You know, was doing a lot of work to get back. So yeah, look at the, them lads that you mentioned are back training. So they'll be putting their hand up for for selection um, for the twenty man six man squad come come Saturday. When you were maybe starting out in the league campaign, looking into Division Four, you were hoping to, I'm sure, unearth forwards and new talent. Um, Patrick Lynch really stepped up to the fore and 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 showed that in the forward line. Was there was there other findings that you were kind of happy with that you can trust in Championship now? Yeah, look, and I suppose we, we used 33 players during the course of the league and we tried to expose as many players to inter-county football as possible and try and give them, you know, as many minutes as possible. And that was probably the one upside of being down in that division that, you know, you could afford to give lads a bit more time. And we did try and look at as many players as possible. And some lads with the more games they've got, you know, the more comfortable to start in the field, you know, uh, feel for the, get a feel for the inter-county game. So, yeah, we'd be happy with what we got out of that. And there is a number of lads that maybe you know have forced away in there in the latter stages of the league and you know it's going to be a difficult team to pick for this 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 match on Saturday now and especially with the lads returning from injury as well so and that's a good thing it's a good headache to have as well so yeah look at as I said it's it's going to be a difficult task a very different build up to a championship than than ordinary you know this is your fourth uh, campaign going into but usually there's a huge gap between league and, and championship has that been an advantage or a disadvantage yeah, I suppose, you know, it can, you could look at it both ways. You know, you know, there's a lot of stuff, um, out in the media at the moment, a lot of injuries that teams have, you know, to key players. And it really tests the strength of your squad because we would have seen that during the course of the league, we were down a number of players. So, you know, at the end of the league, you'd like a few weeks maybe to tidy them up. But unfortunately, with the new calendar now, condensed season, you don't have that chance. So basically, you're patching lads up and getting them, you know, back on the field as quick as possible with maybe forcing them back to come back a wee bit sooner than you'd want them to from that point of view it's probably a bit of a disadvantage but the other way then is that 
keeps lads focused. The games are coming ticking fast, and there's no no time to sit on your laurels. You have to be on your toes uh, week for week. So as I said, you know we've played I think eight games in ten weeks now. So you know the further you go on, and the more games you play, the more likely you are they're going to pick up more injuries, and that seems to be the case all over. I think I recall speaking to you back in 2020 when you had that Ulster uh, Championship success that you were saying that the run of games really suited the group and, and that you could notice week in, week out games actually suited them better when other teams were complaining about the week in, week out nature of it. So are you getting any similar vibes at the moment from the from the squad? Yeah, well, look, the players enjoy football. Players want to play matches. That's what they want to do. You know, they don't want to be training for three or four weeks, maybe, and waiting for a game to come around. So, yeah, the more games you play, obviously, it's better for confidence and you can build a bit of momentum. As I said, you need a lot of luck when you're playing from week to week, too, with injuries because, um, you know, if a lad picks up an injury in a game, he's liable to be out for two to three weeks. So, you know, if two or three key players ended up getting injured, it can put a big strain on your squad as well. So, yeah, look, it has its advantages and disadvantages just from that point of view but look at us if you ask any player and like, they just like enjoy playing games and the more games they can play the better Saturday afternoon 2 o'clock throwing a little bit strange for a, a championship throwing in fact for any inter-county game was there any particular reason that, that, the, that the 2 o'clock on the Saturday was chosen? No, didn't hear anything at all. And um, we just were told two o'clock. So, you know, that's, we presume that's it. You just get on with it. You know, it's out of sight of our control. Nothing we can do about it. Um, you know, I suppose from, from a, from a player's point of view, it's nice maybe not to be sitting around all day, you know, trying to kill a few hours looking forward to it. So whereas, you know, you get up on Saturday morning and basically you have the breakfast, you're on the bus and you're up there, you know. So from a player's point of view, I think, you know, probably be happy to play it earlier and get it over and done with. Yeah. Well, very best of luck, Mickey. We, Hopefully, uh, hopefully get a victory on it and, and move on into another semi-final, which will be a great achievement. Yeah, look, as I said, it's, going, it's not going to be an easy task and uh, it's a big obstacle that lies ahead and just one that we're looking forward to, Damien. A couple of interesting points, I suppose, I agree with you them there. Obviously, for me, Kieran Brady back fully training and Martin Riley, we've seen Martin Riley obviously has played in league football with Killigarry. Um, I don't think Kieran has played for Arva, but there was only one week of an opportunity and, and maybe it was more important that he build up the trainings rather than jump into that game. But now it's it's a lot to expect Kieran Brady to come in and be back to the Kieran Brady that 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 really was very unlucky not to get an all-star, I think, in 2020. Um so it's a big ask for him to come in and, and have an immediate impact. It is a big ask, yeah, but I mean he's He's one of those players that very, very, very rarely has a bad game for Cavan. Minor under twenty one and senior, and even for his club, he's one. Of, he's one of the most consistent players. Possibly is the most consistent player in Cavan. He just generally plays well every time he goes out and and does his job. Like you know, we're we're raving about players coming up scoring in Division Four. Like what what was it he scored? Something like three nine in in Division Two in twenty eighteen from wing back, and he was genuinely playing wing back. Like it wasn't he was lined out there and playing a half forward or anything. So I, I think it would be a massive boost for, for the whole team if he could if he was able to even come on in the game because he's such a leader. Um I think it would give supporters a boost and everything else. Uh, Martin Riley as well trained. We know he's fit because he's played with his club. Um disappointing about Connor Smith now. I thought Connor might have been due back before now because at the time it was supposed to be a bad injury and then the word was it wasn't that bad. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's going to be available. Ocean Pearson as well, you mentioned in your piece in Celtic, so it doesn't look like he's going to make it for the Ulster Championship either. 
Just answering an earlier question, last team to make it us the final, or was there a team? Antrim done in 2009. Out of Division 4? Out of Division 4. They topped Division 4 with six wins from their eight games. Um, now, I don't know why there was nine teams in Division 4 at that stage. But no, I'd say Kilkenny were in it, and they probably went on to the final then, did they? Uh, two, four, six. No, there's nine teams in Division 4. Right, okay. Strange one. But yeah, they, they won six out of, out of eight games in Division 4 and then went on to the Ulster final where they played Tyrone and actually put up a good display against them, 118 to 15 points, if you remember. Yeah, um, but the, that, that, that was another one with a big calving along the way. Like, and If you remember, I was writing about that this week. Like, Tommy Carr was the manager at the time. I remember um, the draw came out. We, we, that, at the end of April, Calvin went to play a challenge match down in, in Galway, down in Hedford against Galway. Because I remember um, it was a really wet day. And Brian O'Reilly, the 1952 All-Ireland winner who died recently, he lived in Hedford. And the, the team got the photograph taken with Brian before the game. But I remember everyone was talking about Dermot McCabe <coughs> because Tommy Carr and McCabe weren't seeing eye to eye. And on the Tuesday after that, he was named, Dermot was named to start a full forward in the programme for that challenge match against Galway. But on the Tuesday after, Carr it appeared in the independent and Carr said, oh, I haven't heard from him. I don't know what's happening. And I remember the, the, it was a really disrupted build-up. We're like, <sighs> where, where, you know, what's the story with McCabe? Like, oh, Carr was saying, oh, I don't know where he is. And the word was that, that he was basically being forced into retirement. And you were coming to the end of the 97 team with that stage. Remember Jason did an interview with the Cavan Post as well uh, a few months later, later where he blasted Tommy Carr. So the build-up was, all, was dodgy that year. And then they went in a beat from Anna, which is very unexpected. And I was a friend of mine, Mark McGowan, who appears in this podcast another time. Uh, he was living in Belgium at the time. And I went out, I'll, I'll tell you the story very quickly, but I went out to, to visit him on the day that Donegal were playing Antrim. And he's a massive Donegal fan. Magoo wouldn't have missed a Donegal game if he was in the country in 20, mm. odd, 20 odd years. No matter where in Ireland he was, he'd, he'd drive to it. And uh, so there was no, t- he was living in a town called Hasselt. And there was no, um, bar showing the game so we had to get a train about half an hour or an hour up the, up the road and to a place called Gale and I remember there's a massive mental hospital in, in this Belgian town called Gale and on a Sunday these people are allowed out so we were walking up there on the Sunday afternoon and all you could see was these people who were out of the mental hospital for the, for the day with their minders and uh, it, it was a surreal scene and the most surreal part of it was then Donegal beat Antrim and uh I remember he couldn't believe it. And I was absolutely ecstatic because all I was thinking... Oh, sorry, sorry, answer me to the God, yeah. Which was a massive win. Yeah. And I was Baker absolutely... Bradley was over the team, wasn't he? He was. I was ecstatic. Magoo was devastated to get the train back and I was ecstatic because I just thought, oh, it's the final, here we come. We're playing Antrim in the semi-final. And they actually beat the shite out of us in Florence that day. Givney came on and got a goal in injury time. But up to that, it was 13 points to seven. And they were way better than us. So... That's what I mean by answering not respecting Calvin. Like that's just another one for the list. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely is. Um, yeah, and that's it. Again, uh, that that should serve as a warning to the Calvin players. I suppose that 2009 Calvin were expected to win that game and didn't, but Antrim went on to announce the final, and and therefore it serves as a warning and maybe an inspiration all in the one uh, little message for for the Calvin boys with that Antrim team. Um, the Corrigan Park thing, and Mickey. I think Mickey addressing it in the interview was quite interesting. Double factor on this, 1, 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. I don't know where that, that time was plucked out of, but it's led to 
it appears not a huge crowd going from Cavan. People are looking at it and saying, well, maybe tickets are hard come by. I, I think the Cavan supporters are general, generally realising maybe that the tickets are, or haven't realised that there is a few tickets. There's tickets available still. Yeah, I, I've believed for a while that the Cavan supporters are not what it used to be. Um, like it used to be commonly regarded as, as the biggest support base in the country. And that, I don't think that is the case anymore. That's the first and foremost. We saw that with London where you got multiples going to London than, than would go to a game in Breffney. So I, I don't think we have the same support base that we used to have, first and foremost. Can I just bring up on, on the London team, did you watch Leeds from London on the Sunday game last weekend? No, I suppose it was thousands from Leeds from London. I know there was no, definitely... The colour of the crowd that was there. Was it wasn't even half of it. Was well, I know half of it. There was a few Shannon Gales lads went over supporting Leitrim. <laughs> <laughs> they got enough Shannon of Shannon Gales boys. I know boys a little bit further east that, that went as well. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I don't think this our, our support is what it used to be, but there are mitigating factors this weekend. The yeah. miners are out at six o'clock in Oma, and it's not going to suit everyone to go to both games. The under 20s obviously have a wee game Friday evening. So they're mitigating factors. The other is that. They've made a buzz of promoting this game. They haven't promoted the ticket sales whatsoever. Nobody knows what the story is with tickets. We know now, but people have been asking me for the last two weeks, what's the story with tickets? I think a lot of people thought, I, I won't get a ticket. So they made no plans to go. Completely. The other thing is, fuel prices, I genuinely think, affect, is affecting things. It's an expensive day out now to drive to Belfast, from, from depending on what part of the cabin you're in, but uh, it can be, a, can be a long jaunt to West Belfast. And the other is just two o'clock on a Saturday. Who does that suit like? Even if it was five o'clock on a Saturday, people could work a half day. But two o'clock on a Saturday, I know Mickey said there that it suits the players grand and and okay, but that doesn't that's a full day gone there. Like I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, and this is just just so it can be personally related. I coached the under five to Drumley Dynamos at ten o'clock on a Saturday morning. Now, in order for me to to get up to Belfast, get parked, get in, get the equipment, get all set up. I won't be able to do that training session on Saturday morning as a result of, of the game. Now, I have to go because I have to work, but you want to be leaving Cavan half 10, 11 o'clock at the very latest. Is it a pitch session or a video analysis you've lined up? Well, we're, 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 we're going to take on strength and conditioning first <laughs> and then the video analysis followed by pitch, you know. Let's get them right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the other the other fives are 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 just the greatest hour of the week because I can run around like a five year old and be battered and jump like a monkey and and, and walk like a crab and, and be hit <laughs> with, with with sponge balls and it's great crack. But anyway, aside from that, everybody has to change their day and has had to plan to change their day if they're going to Corrigan Park for weeks. And maybe they were thinking to themselves, well, you know what, tickets are going to be that hard come by. I mightn't get one for myself and my wife and my two kids. So, do you know what? I'll just not bother planning for it. And then yeah. when the availability comes now, people have already made their plans to do yeah. something different, to watch it on telly after having their morning coaching the local under fives or under tens or whatever the case may be. And and therefore, I, I think you're 100% right. The, the, the whole idea of a two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, right? If it was If it was something close, yeah, you could say, okay, people might finish work at one o'clock and within an hour to be at the venue. But we're never going to get it. Even a four o'clock would have made far more sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I, and I think if this game was in casement this weekend, all the other factors were the same, including throw-in time mm. and the and the minor game and the on the twenty game the night before and all the rest of it. If this game was in casement, I think we'd have seen a very small crowd even at that. 
Um, but you'd have seen more than 3,000. Yeah you, yeah, you would have seen more than 3,000, yeah. There would be more than 3,000, I think, but I don't think we'd, we'd have seen a huge Calvin crowd going. So uh, I, I don't like this 2 o'clock on Saturday thing at all. Plus the game's on TV. Yeah, TV, yeah. TV does affect the gate. So. Definitely does. Definitely does. The, the Corrigan Park. Uh, one more last point on that, Damien. We did hear an awful lot and see an awful lot of crying from Calvin supporters on social media about, oh, we didn't get to see our team play in two years and blah, blah. How many of those people are going to be at this game? There's not going to be that many of them at. And there's tickets available on general sale at the minute. Some yeah. of them will be there, but a lot of them won't be there. So, you know, I, th- I thought at the time that crying was a bit rich myself, to be honest now. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's Corrigan Park Factor. Um, uh, do you know, I I could reveal, I spoke to Mickey Graham during the whole, that that it was uh, being taken out of Corrigan Park. And he said to me off the record, just look at we don't we don't expect it to be anywhere else. We're preparing for Corrigan Park. We want it in Corrigan Park. You know, this is this is where it's going to be. And I said, Can I get that on record? He said, No, no, leave it. I'm, I'm not going to say a word. And and it was it was the right thing to do. He didn't put fuel on the fire in any way. I thought, in fairness, it was really well handled by the Calvin management that they 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 just let the whole thing die down, came out, and I've said, Look, we've expected it to be in Corrigan Park the whole time. So that's it. I think that was really well handled and therefore it takes a little bit of the power away from Antrim on it, doesn't it? It does. Well, they did the right thing. They didn't get into a war of words, but I think it was, it was the sensible thing to do. Like it wasn't, mm. you know, it wasn't an ingenious move by Cavan. They just kept their own counsel. I think it would have been very foolish to get into any kind of war of words. This thing has gone out of that whole thing now completely. And I know that Cara was saying like, it'll still, it'll still give Antrim a bit of a siege mentality, but it'll be artificial. Because I think completely. this thing has completely gone out of that. That's that's ancient history now in football terms. Yeah, yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up. I suppose it's just prediction time, Paul. Yeah, it's prediction time, all right. Um, was there any other points we wanted to make on, on the game? Yeah, there was one point I wanted to make, actually, I had a note taken here. Cabin players, first time ever, not doing interviews before the first round of the Ulster Championship. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a little bit it's disappointing I, I was talking to to a player and I said it to him and he went and spoke to a few players he came back to me and he, he was quite gentlemanly as, as he always is like and he just said look we, we're going to keep the head down we're not going to let our football do the talking yeah. um, and I, I said totally understand that but it is disappointing I hope it doesn't set a precedent because uh, you know the players I think players should be doing interviews and I, I hope it doesn't be, betray a sort of lack of confidence. I mentioned someone and he says, well, that seems to betray a lack of confidence. And I hope it doesn't. Like, at the end of the day, uh, it is irrelevant. Doing interviews is absolutely irrelevant and well, it should be viewed as such. Well, well yeah, irrelevant but important. In, in And again, this is kind of a, a, a dual hat on it. There is a responsibility to promote the game and to get the next generation to want to aspire to follow in your footsteps. And the more often they see you, the more likely they're going to want to be like you. You know, they're, they're, they're going to want to see an interview on TV or hear it on radio or read it in the Anglo Celt and say, oh gosh, that's that's that Calvin footballer, Joe Bloggs. I, I really, I, I, he's my favourite footballer, you know. And many times, I, 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 
when I was growing up, I was always asked, you know, when, when you talk football and to a, an older man, somebody or a friend of your father's would, would turn around and say, who's your favourite Calvin footballer? And I'd always say Damien O'Reilly, he's my favourite Calvin footballer. And that was it. But I'd ask kids nowadays, who's your favourite Calvin footballer? They don't know them. They, you know, they, they'd have to be prompted to, to, to name a Calvin footballer. Now, I don't think that they've, they've been shying away from it massively, but... The other part of it is that I think Damien O'Reilly was Damien O'Reilly was my favorite Calvin footballer because he was within touch and distance. I could go to a game, see him play, talk to him, and hear him or read about him or see his picture in the paper, and that that sort of stuff I think is important. I think that that maybe they're they're missing out on something. Look at, I also see the other side of it. They maybe they believe that by singularly focusing on the performance that you know. They, this is just an outside distraction, but uh, I, I wonder, does it take a bit of the joy out of it too? You know, that's, I, it, it, that's it, the thing. That's a occasion. It's you're going out, you're putting on a Calvin Jersey and it's, it's something that you've been working towards and it, it's not life or death. It's, there's nobody going to, there's nobody going to die at the end of this result. And therefore, should we not, realize that it's 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 more about your pleasure like why are you why are you talking out for calvin why are you doing all this it's not to be you know just a a, a robot or an employee that you don't really need the joy there's joy in what you're doing so express that joy i i, I don't i don't get that part of it personally yeah well i should say that the calvin lads are generally very amenable like and they give up their time like for example when the sligo game was called off um and obviously he left us with pages to fill in the paper and airtime to fill in the podcast. And like Killian Clark's really good with his time. And generally, most of the cabin boys, or nearly all the cabin boys, are dead on. So totally respect the decision. But I, I just think it's, it's a little bit disappointing because I don't think any cabin player was going to say anything that was going to be stuck in the wall of the answer dress room. And I think that kind of th- thinking is outdated. I think it's... I think it's... Uh, well, I, don't, I don't think it's a distraction. As you say... And I, I do think the Calvin lads are good. You're sitting with meeting the players. You do see them always posing for selfies with kids and signing stuff and all. Like they're they're a good bunch that way. Like, but it's look. It, I just hope it's not it's not a press because we used to have a big press night. Yeah, and, uh, and you get three or four interviews. You now, get three or four interviews. The other thing was, I never ever came away from a press night with any other opinion other than that, that yeah, we're going to win us this year. Because <laughs> you'd be convinced. You'd be talking to the lads. You'd be like, boys. And I used to ask the question at the press night and go. I was here last year <laughs> and, and the year before and the year before and every year it's, this year it's going to be different and we'd always have a laugh and go no no this year is different yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I'd come away and I'd be telling people Jesus, I was at the press night now and, and uh, tell yeah. you what something different this year yeah and so, and, and, and that's that's a, like the other point on it that I find a little bit is it going to be difficult let's say to beat Antrim and you're preparing for an Ulster semi-final do you talk then like is this just a, a an Antrim Build up thing that they're worried about, you know, and and, and then by not talking for that game, does it build more pressure onto them? I, I just, yeah, I think I, I very rarely question what the players are doing, but I, I, I'm not just sure that this was the wisest of decisions. I think a couple of weeks ago, it would have been better to get a press night done, get out of the way, and and have it. You're still focusing on the game and. But out if if you're worried about something being said, put out the guys that you know won't say anything. You know that 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 manage that situation well. But it look at it, it was what it was, and yeah. it's um 
it is their prerogative and that's that's the most important thing and, and it doesn't it doesn't change in any way you know our support for the lads you know it, yeah. it, it, it's 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 still all Cavan and we're still all pushing behind them but it's well, like, it, it won't you know, the media an awful lot longer than me and it's the first time oh yeah 100%. Ever. Oh, definitely. Before and, the first round of the championship, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And well, that's why did, it's a it's a precedent after setting that. I, I remember in twenty thirteen when Cavan were on a run. Like Cavan did seven championship matches that year, which is, and we're still going in August. And there used to be nearly press events for every every one of those games. I remember um, Declan Woods was the PRO, and he he get a couple of players get toasty, and some of the lads mm-hmm. and down to Breffney and going to do a few. So it was no big deal. Like, but one thing, I, one thing I do think is that. Uh, especially in the local media, there's always a relationship there. And I'd hate to see that being severed because uh, it is two-way street. Like, and you'd hate to see that being severed where where it becomes like national media and you're very much detached. And I don't think anyone would, would win out of that. Well, we were always told, or we were told when we started off with Northern Sound is that, that you know, you're from Cavan, you can be biased because you, and you can support the team while, while commentating, and that's that's what I love about it, is because I couldn't go and watch a Cavan game without supporting the you know the team or, or commentate on it. I'm, I'm biased, but that 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 unyielding support or unquestionable support is based on the fact that you know the lads are always you know they're they're people that we talk to regular, and therefore we we want to see them do well. We've got a vested interest in them because yeah. we have a relationship with them. Some if of them are, true. you could even be actually related to some of them. Like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's it. And, and, and it becomes, if, if you're not talking to somebody every single week or, or talking to a group of people every single week, then maybe you become less attached to the group. And well, uh, when it comes to, I don't, don't want to just sound like a threat or anything like that, but it's, like, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just, um, logic that if you don't have a relationship to protect then you're gonna you're gonna view what you write and what you say in a different way like so i'd, I'd hate to see it go into that way but I, I i respect the player's decision not to talk this week but uh hopefully it doesn't happen again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll see well look at if, if it um if it's a defeat then it won't really matter that much well we'll be prepared for talton um we'll, we'll see but that's that's uh about it all oh, sorry bar predictions predictions Go on, give us your call. Can Cavan can Cavan bang in goals? Firstly, okay, can we keep out goals? I'd be wondering as well. Antrim scored six goals in, in Division Three of the league. Um, I was actually looking at Cavan's scoring rate. Cavan scored a cumulative ninety-two, which wasn't that great in in Division Four, really. Like we were kind of looking at the Cavan forward line, like thirteen average. Yeah, Cavan scored ninety-two. Tip scored ninety-two as well. Sligo 127, Leitrim 116, Carlo 92 as well, Wexford 90. So Waterford scored 82. So our, our, we didn't rack up huge tallies. Like we, you take out that Waterford game where we actually hockeyed them. Like we got 12 points against Leitrim, 17. Okay, that was decent. We got 113 then against Sligo. We got 19 against Carlo. It's one, funny you seven. 17 though. Like that's decent. Cahar on, on, on the diehards, 18 is the is the magic number. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I always remember playing underage football and we were always told 14 points wins wins 90% of games. So that's your target, get the 14. 18 is now the magic number, as Cahar pointed out there. So can Cavan get can Cavan get north of 18 against Antrim? Look, when was the last time 
Cavan have had a comfortable win in the Ulster Championship? Gosh, I don't know. I think we probably have to go back to 2016 against Armagh. Um, yeah. And I think we beat them something like two, was it 218 to 16 or 216 to 14 or something like that. Um, but Armagh did, Cavan were well ahead in that game, playing brilliantly. And Armagh came back and I think the did they miss a penalty or something? Mm, um, have, yeah, yeah, they were right back in that game, but that was quite comfortable. Before Martin that debut, wasn't it? No, no, that was twenty thirteen against Armagh. Um, we won that one by about four. But before that, I think you had to go back to probably two thousand eight against Antrim, where they won it by eight or nine points. So Cavan haven't tended to win any game in those championship comfortably, um, and yet I'm going to predict Cavan are going to win this game. By a few points, I think Cavan are gonna are primed here. I think Antrim have gone off the boil. Uh, whereas, you know, it's gonna be hard for Antrim to rediscover the form they showed six seven weeks ago. Whereas Cavan haven't shown their best form yet, only in snatches. I think it'd be easier for Cav- for Cavan to click into that higher gear. Uh, Cavan are coming to the boil. Antrim have gone off the boil essentially. I think Cavan are better than Antrim. I think Cavan are probably sore about this whole uh, Corrigan Park thing. I think it, it's gonna possibly be play more into Cavan's hands in terms of motivation than Antrim's at this stage because Cavan feel that they were wrong. You heard Mickey Graham there talking about media propaganda and, yeah. you know, strong strong words. I think Cavan are going to be sore. They're not talking to, to the papers or the podcasts. They're totally focused on this game. And I think Cavan might do a job in Antrim here, honestly. I, I think I think it's it's been too well flagged at this stage that Antrim are a big threat in Corrigan Park, we're not going to walk into an ambush here. There's no, there's no ambush. Uh, on the Cavan know that this is a dangerous game. And I yeah. think Cavan are going to win this game comfortably. Five or six points, I think. Oh, big call. Big call. I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right in all. Um, and if Cavan are going to win it by five or six points, it will be in the last 10 minutes that they push on. If you think back to Antrim, against Armagh last year in the championship. Antrim were right in that game up until maybe 15 minutes to go and then Armagh pushed on and, and, and won it comfortably in the end. But um, I think Antrim will, will keep with Cavan for a long period in this game. I think it could come down to just the last few minutes and, and personally, I think a two-point win is, is good enough for me to get out of Corrigan Park. Like, okay... I think Mickey Graham and, and the manager will have used this as a as a motivation and it could backfire on 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 Antrim all right, the, the Corrigan Park or nowhere idea. But it's um I still think it's home advantage and, and there is an advantage there and with it looks like there'll be more Antrim supporters than Cavan at the game. All of those factors can can play into a performance too. So I think if Cavan come away with a two point win, I I you know and, and get a goal in it. I think the goal could be just about enough. So maybe Cavan to get one goal, one thirteen, maybe to to fourteen points, something like that. Um, I I take that personally. I hope so. I hope so. Please God. Okay, don't forget, folks. Um, over on the Diehards podcast, we have that interview with Cahar O'Kane. Um, from earlier on in the week, really, really good interview there. Well, well worth a listen. We'll also be looking back over last weekend's All County Football League action and previewing this coming weekend's um, All-County Football League club action as well. So, And there's also the preview of the Ulster Under-20 final. 
and we'll maybe jump in and get something done on the minors as well as they take on Tyrone in the first round of Ulster up in Oma on Saturday evening at six o'clock. So busy weekend ahead, club and county action. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Carvinaza, yeah! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap and Cavan are not buried yet. Cavan doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah!